This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hey, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is? What time is it, Amanda? Tell me. Oh, I just was waiting. I was ready. I was. I, this was my like nudge at you to do the intro because you always do it so well. Yeah. No. Uh, it has been a winter hiatus. A cold, dark winter. It has been a winter hiatus. Uh, but welcome back. We have arrived once again. Uh, here, disaster divas, for your listening enjoyment. Season two. <laughs> the second cycle begins of disaster girls and uh we left you i would like to think on a pretty high note with the towering inferno 130 stories high and april wolf and now we return to you today with the 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 crew together again to discuss shark attack not a low note just a sea level note just, i'd yeah, say i'd say this is a, a note at sea level note. yeah a mid-range note yeah 1999's uh thing i learned um Casper Van Dyne is not um, the same as, was it Casper Von Detten? Yeah. Uh, Eric Von Detten. Eric Von Detten. I thought they were the same person. And what you need to know about Amanda, well, besides her facial dyslexia, uh, what you need to know about Amanda that's important for that misidentification is that she has never seen Starship Troopers. Never seen it. Don't, so don't, don't know. She does not have the deep emotional attachment that so many of us do. Yes, Jason. Unbelievable. Un- I know. It hurts. Movie about fighting alien bugs. And what about that sentence seemed like a thing I would say. In Social commentary. An incredible Paul Verhoeven biting Maybe sight. the best. Yeah. Maybe the best Paul so Verhoeven that's movie. I missed. I did not know it. Co-starring, co-starring in her heyday. Right. Not that she ever... Wayne's Denise Richards that I knew incredible mid 90s run sure of like being a Bond girl Christmas Jones wild things uh Starship Troopers uh and then also uh the eternal Dina Meyer who would really fit in the movie Shark Attack as well um but yeah that Casper Van Dien this is only I think three years removed from Starship Troopers. It at once felt, as I was watching it, I couldn't place what year it was. I was like, this it's has so to be weird, the 90s, right? but this feels so much farther away It feels so from you would not Starship realize that Troopers than it actually is. Watching that movie, everything about it, I was like, this does not feel like it's closing in on Y2K. It feels like they made this in 1994, yeah. tucked it away in a vault somewhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rediscovered it, and were like, well, this will suit us fine. Well, and they definitely... Like, like that. those lapels on the suits were not 1999 <laughs> suits. The the fit of the suits... Nothing was about like, those suits was were like 1999. peak of Bobby Brown era yeah. kinds of, of, of slouch. Like... Uh, Ernie Hudson could have put that suit on backwards and then the crisscross dance, and I would have been like, yeah, that's that, that tracks. Right, it was like it came six, seven years after it actually should have. Maybe because like it takes, you know how like there are certain parts of the world where just like fashions and trends take a little while, like Canada gets <laughs> yeah. a trend like three years after. Yeah. Maybe this little chunk of Africa was like, oh, it's 1992 in this section of yeah, Africa. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure production design was taking that specificity yeah. out <laughs> on shark attack. Um, but I, I encourage you to at least just watch a trailer for Starship Troopers after this because this is, again, I think three years after Starship Troopers. Yeah. In the beginning of that movie, they they cast the actors to play the adult, but like they 
everybody's a high schooler at the start of that movie. Okay. So the beginning of Starship Troopers and throughout the rest of it, like I think Maximum Casper's character, Johnny, is supposed to be like 22, 23. So this is three years after that. And he looks like... He looks 40. Yeah, he looks 40. And like he's like, going for his PhD, which he has taken seemingly forever to get. And I was like, I don't know how old Casper's supposed to be. And I just saw him three years ago presented to me as a senior in high school. Yeah. In Starship Troopers. So I think that too was messing with me. We're like, oh God, I don't actually know how old anybody in this movie is supposed to be because his his co-star mm-hmm. uh, who played uh, also sharkologist Corinne. Yeah. Um, I couldn't pinpoint her age, but like everybody in this cohort seemed to be like shark specialists. And was that, I was so wondering about what, what Corinne's deal was. Which I, I feel like, so should we real quick just, yeah, shark, should we, we should shark, say what attack. Shark, shark attack is about. It's literally the title. There's a lot of shark attacks happening off the coast of, of somewhere in Africa. It's a, it's South Africa. There is yeah. a flag insignia on. Okay. So the, it is South Africa. The kind of the driver guy that, yeah. that cast character. Manny. Manny. Random ethnic stereotype, Manny. Yeah, Manny yeah. is driving uh, a jeep for uh, Stephen McRae. Yeah, which is, who's so sharkologist Casper Van Dien. So Casper, so Casper Van Dien, Stephen McRae gets a mysterious email from a former colleague friend, basically that starts to download but then doesn't, and the headline is like more shark attacks, and he goes in the, to in the paper the africa free press yes the whole, the whole continent thing. yeah the whole thing whole continent gets one paper it's their publication that's how it works so you know how like that's what you read before you go when all your friends are like i'm going to africa this summer yeah they read that paper then they <laughs> take a little puddle jumper and and he to find what uh because the download that he starts getting like concerned shark attacks so yeah to learn more about this he sees the africa free press articles because steven searches Shark, shark attacks, attacks. And on, then, on on interwebs and because it's gets, like and it's like proto internet. Yeah. It's so it's such a heartwarming thing as like a '90s child to yeah. see the early internet again. And he gets the exact results he needs from the Africa Free Press. Yeah, he asks Jeeves, Jeeves, are there more shark attacks <laughs> in Africa? And Jeeves is like, yes, yeah. yes, indeed, there are. So he goes, yeah, he gets this notification from a friend who's doing research in Africa, and then goes to Africa. Turns out, friend died. Friend got thrown overboard by uh, corrupt police. Yes. Well, we're getting into the minutiae here. But he goes to Africa yeah. where there is a town, a coastal town, where there have just been an incredibly high rate of shark attacks. And the entire reason is the whole movie is find out why. Yeah. Find out why there's shark attacks. And keep in mind, these are just like. And then they, find, he finds being villains more, along the way. But the entire yeah. catalyst is too many shark attacks. Which like. These are not particularly unusual shark attacks no. in the sense of like, oh, they're specifically violent. They're targeted. This is they're not a megalodon. A, no, they're not. This is not a megalodon. This is not a deep blue sea. This no. is this is just more sharks than usual. Yeah. Very few great, not even like a, an abundance of great whites. We no. see some black tips, which are the least scary of sharks. Yeah, there's like a, a mako, I think is yeah. one of the sharks. Like there, it's, it's a variety not- of sharks and he... For some reason, he gets when when Casper's character, when when Stephen McRae, who is on his, he's got a doctoral thesis to deliver, but he keeps putting it off, which yeah. presumably for a while since he looks forty. Um, he convinces his overseeing professor he's supposed to go do this research assignment on sharks, presumably in Shreveport, but then he gets this email from uh, Mark DeSantis, Mark DeSantis, Mark DeSantos in uh, this town in South Africa, and he's like, "How about we just divert?" the funding and more to me going to Africa. It'll be great research. It'll be great for the university. We'll get published in marine we'll biology. Get, he says, we'll get published in all the journals. Like, all the no journals. doubt. He's like, you know, publish or perish. He actually says. And the presiding professor is like, like the journal of marine biology. He's like, no doubt. 
did not check to see if there, I assume there is an actual just It does not matter. Biology. Because the truth is, is that the article would be more shark attacks. This is, <laughs> yeah. again, this is not like some sort of revolutionary. There have been like this 24 not, shark attacks in the past couple months. Yeah, which is a lot of shark attacks. For in sure. In fairness, but could also happen from something as simple as, say, chumming the waters. Yeah. Like, th- this is, again. Recklessness. This is human not error. a situation in which we're like, the sharks are behaving in an unusual manner no. that shows an evolutionary, like I was so. Yeah, they're not going to start walking or flying or anything like that. They don't glow. Yeah. Once I realized, I was like, no wait. stone nados. It was 10 minutes throwing in. Throwing sharks at people. When we got into 10 minutes and I was like, oh, the problem is just that there's more sharks. I was like disappointed in the sense. Yeah. The way that you do when you open a present, you're like, well, this is what I needed, but this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> this isn't exciting. Like, yeah, what a is, practical gift. Yeah, it, this is the practical gift of made-for-TV <laughs> movies. And so DeSantis, as Amanda was saying, when he... Um, DeSantis is important to know about because he's going to lead to perhaps, I think what we we might all agree here is the biggest twist of the movie. Mark DeSantis is... They apparently all went to school together. Yeah. Mark and Steven. And, and he, Corinne. And Corinne, who we will meet soon. Yes. And Mark is down uh, studying uh, sharks in the field. Mm-hmm. And he's on to something, presumably about why these sharks are attacking so much. So he tries to send his friend a file, which is the, the file that doesn't download completely. And he sends him this email like, I need you to come help me. From a boat. From a boat. Like at sea. Yeah. Because that boat is at it's definitely in a lake. Wait, hold on. He right. had Wi-Fi. You're right. Oh my God. This is kind That's of fucking the story. crazy. That's the story right there is that in 1999, yeah. there is one man in the entire world who was <laughs> able to transmit one byte at a time. Yeah. You're that. Okay. So yeah, that as far as reality index goes, huge hit right there. <laughs> oh my God. To the believability is yeah. like his portable Wi-Fi on a pond in what is, okay. I know the name of the town. I wrote it down. Amanzi is, I believe, the name of the town sure. in South Africa. I did not look up to verify if that is a real town. I'm, but it eh. is Amanzi. There is the Amanzi Marine Research Center, which is he he's basically working for. But when he's out one night, he's been doing this dive, and he comes in, he's sending this email to his buddy. When that happens, he gets attacked on his boat, and he gets pitched over the side and basically fed to the sharks. Because the people know if he throws the sharks, they, they throw him in the water, these bad guys. Well, yeah. well these And they cut now. his arm to make blood appear, which I was like, that's smart. Exactly. Which yes. they don't do later. And I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> Not a lot of follow through in these villains. No, these are these are very much like low, like the bad Bond movie villain henchmen. That's <laughs> what we're dealing with here. They, like, they, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's not it's not great execution. And so. You know, to Steven's credit, he gets this email. He's like, I got to go. Yeah. So he goes to Amanzi. Which whenever I get an email that doesn't download, don't you hop on a plane, Jordan? (laughs) To South Africa. Yeah. I'm like, I can't reach him by phone. I guess the solution is fly to South Africa. And what I what I thought was I I thought this was weird. I didn't like this as uh, this felt unbelievable to me when he gets there. Each of the people who knows him that he encounters, which is Corinne, the sister of Mark DeSantis, mm-hmm. and then a, a research scientist named Miles Craven. Can you guess if Spoiler. he's a good or a bad guy? Um, and everybody's like kind of, they're like, oh, it feels like they're almost blaming him for Mark's death. They're like, oh, fancy meeting you here. Like there's yeah. this chip on it. It's like, guys, he had nothing to do. Like there's this vitriol at yeah. him where it's like, his like when he you know miles he sees a research scientist miles first and he doesn't know mark's dead actually yeah and so in the most smug manner possible uh craven 
tells Steven that his friend, he's like, oh, you didn't hear? It's like, well, it's a long flight from the States. And no, that wasn't in the email. Like, no, I didn't. Oh, well, he's dead. So, of course, he's really upset that his friend is dead. And then Miles mentions Corinne and his face lights up. Steven's, oh, Corinne. And you're like, ooh, a flame, perhaps. Yeah. And it is immediately set up. To me, this was intuitive. Mark and Corinne are married. I assumed, yeah. He got the girl. Mark yeah. got the girl. And Steven stayed behind mm-hmm. in, in university. 100% thought that's what happened. And then, like, yes. he and Mark and Corinne were a thing. Yep. Steven and Mark stopped, kind of fell out of touch. Because and Mark because and Corinne Mark were got, a thing. He, best friend's girl used to be mine. Yeah. And that kind of drove a wedge. And that's and, why. And, and Miles knows it. And that's why Miles drops it. Because Miles a little shit stir with his, with his perfectly manicured jawline. And I thought it was kind of, it was bullshit that everybody was being kind of mean, like almost accusatory of, to Steven about Mark's death. But then I was like, wow, maybe like, I guess he had this falling out with his friend where he drove him away. Right. They parted on bad terms. And like, why are yeah. you even here? Why do you even care? Like yeah. Mark had no choice, but to swim covered in chum. Like ex- that's just what it was. Exactly. Yeah. So, but then the real, the, the real punch in the gut for this movie comes when Steven gets to Corinne in a bar. In a fisherman's bar. In a fisherman Fisherman's only, yeah. which is called like the net and hook. Yes. And then they're, they're surprised that it's a fisherman's bar. And they're like, I didn't see a sign out there. And it's like, well, the name of the bar. Yeah. It's a broke is, fishing village. The only people who live here. Yeah. And then the, the asshole scientist, the real estate developer and, and these the, fishermen. And again, the f- name of the bar is the net and hook. <laughs> yeah. I like, didn't see a sign up front. Didn't it, you? It's the name of the bar. It'd didn't be like if you? I went to a bar that was called like the diamonds and gold. And like that, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, this is a jeweler's bar. No shit. <laughs> it is the two main things we have named our bar after. It's, it's, it's going to, it's going to a gay bar with a very obvious name. Yeah. And not realizing. It's the manhole. Yeah. It's going to be like, the manhole. Oh, I didn't know that the manhole was, this was a gay bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, there's a, yeah, I mean, what's like, with this demographic here? I didn't dike march. I didn't see a sign. Well, <laughs> did the dikes on bikes tip you off? But the worst thing is that then Steven's like, I'm going to pick a fight with this dude. And then whoops, this poor fisherman's ass. Like, it's bad enough that this man has absolutely lost his job already. But on top of that, he has no health insurance. Because what we do learn in this exposition period is that the abundance of sharks and, and their voraciousness has led to them eating all the fish. All the fish. In the water supply around there. So the fishermen have lost their livelihood. Because there's but, no fish left in the sea. Yeah, there's no fish left. So the town is going, it's becoming a depressed town, uh, even more so than it may have already been in the first place nobody everybody's livelihood is running out but we also learn at this bar is the extremely important detail yeah. of when corinne is again blaming steven for her brother's death being like oh you're here late the funeral was yesterday it's like it takes a long time a long flight this and no a, one told him that he was yeah, dead you didn't fucking call corinne like it's not like you were a part of the solution here and so, and then and, she, and she's upset that he dragged him around the world chasing sharks. His job is a shark scientist. What I was trying to get from that was because she's like, it, this is it's basically it's your fault that he was here. Because is it like because you helped him realize he likes field work? Was yeah. that the implication there? Like you dragged him, or it's like no, it sounds like he went with him to field assignments studying sharks and really liked that and yeah. then pursued that on his own, which is no one's fault, Corinne. And like also, it's not easy to get put into field assignments. Those are coveted jobs. It's not like. He was like, oh, you know what? Why don't you come along, man? It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. No, like they both applied to it, Corinne. Yeah. And what are you studying? All you happen to know is like biology and random cancer sciences. Yeah. Like 
she she knows like a smattering of sciences and we because and we get the sense we learn that like she is a research scientist too because she says because uh, she looks in a microscope st- well well because steven says like he he always wanted to be out in the field he didn't want to be and she's like in a in a research lab like me and so it's like oh okay you were in a research lab and then after all of this where it's like I guess they're fighting because maybe they had a thing at one time but she ended up with Mark or because yeah they're her dead husband Mark and she's mourning she, him yeah and who she gave the watch to yes like a very sentimental when we graduated I gave him a watch his, and then his body well they discovered Mark's body because Miles Craven is uh dissecting a shark which I would like to know whether or not these were props or they were just cutting open fish because that shit looked it was gory very real I, I was say, eating dinner during that and I regretted every decision they they cut open multiple sharks in this movie and as far as reality indexing goes those look like extremely real fish they were cutting open I was like yeah. did they just kill a bunch of sharks for this <laughs> it, yeah they were real I gooey they did yeah could I I feel I feel quite sure of this which I I, but they find they find in the in the stomach of one shark they find uh Mark's severed arm and we know it's his arm because we see him very deliberately putting on a specific watch before he's pitched overboard and fed sharks and so that's when we hear Corinne say like it was she still has his watch in her hand at the moment she's like looking at it like longingly She's like, yeah, like you said, I bought this for him when we graduated and then drops the bombshell that her brother, Mark, her brother. Yeah, her brother is the one that she has lost. And it was a just record scratch glass breaking. Are you kidding me moment? Keep in mind, our introduction to Corinne in relation to Mark is a photo on his research vessel in which they are both in bathing suits embracing. (laughs) Her boobs are so close to his torso. (laughs) And as as you were saying, as the resident sister of a brother. As a sister of a brother, never in my life have my breasts been within (laughs) two feet of my brother without any sort of covering on them. Right, right. If, If I had a friend who had a picture with his sister. Yeah of that sort. Yeah. I would endlessly question <laughs> why that photo I exists. Just, why it's framed. Like that is, yeah, the framed, like, it's also like an eight by fo- 10 of the yeah. photos. Yeah. Like one, my brother would never Crazy. have as his only photo in it's his, his only photo in his work. Of me. That's like, absurd. I in a boat. My, it's Alex, in a boat. Alex loves me, but Alex doesn't photograph love me. <laughs> like, so number one, that I number have photos two, ra- all around my room. Yeah. None of them are any of my friends without their clothes on. No, no, like that is not the first and, photo. And beach I would trip, go to. like I get there are beach photos everywhere. You look great, everybody. Body positivity, show it off. Yes, this it, the way everything they set this up with, and the kind of anger, and the kind of sadness, and the photo, and the watch gift. Totally, everything totally about this flips romantic. it upside down. Yes, everything about this. And you're like, romantic. and then it makes even less sense that everyone's mad at him. It's like, oh, so this had nothing to do with Mark and Stephen having romantic tension. Everybody's just being a dick to Steven because Mark's dead right now. Yeah. He flew all the way to South Africa when a guy sent him an incomplete email. Yeah. That's a pretty good friend. No, no, no. It's entirely just that she is her brother. And that's why, <laughs> like, what's so weird about her resentfulness toward him is it's not even like, oh, you know, you could almost kind of track that, like, all right, she's resentful because not only was she, he pulling Mark away yeah. from and, like, sending him out into dangerous field, but, like, 
he's pulling Mark away from her. This is time I could have spent with my life partner. Yeah. And said the two of you were chasing sharks. It's like you guys all could have been together. You could have dated Steven because clearly, spoiler, they vibe on each other and they're like hitting on each other by the end. Like, yeah. You could have, it it could have been like a trio. You guys could have been like a unit and it wouldn't have been weird because it's not like your brother would be creepy about you hooking up and dating Uh, his best friend because there shouldn't be any sexual tension between you, Mark, and Corinne. But who knows? We in never get to see them together. Apparently, yeah. So like, that, as far as the unreality goes, that reveal was that was it was so confusing. confusing I had to pause it and rewind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, the only one, like the really only movie moment in this movie that kind of takes you aback. The rest of it is quite. It's it's even. fairly yeah. It's fairly like this is this is the the most flat line of movies, and then you have this one weird like incest t- twist, which <laughs> yeah. you just don't expect. Like you never expect an incest twist. I you think really that's fair like, to say you shouldn't. That's really one of the twistiest of twists. <laughs> yeah. But in in shark attack movie, yeah, it's really where you're not seeing it. By the way, I uh, Casper Van Dien yes. has a Twitter account. Yes. So I will Instagram. absolutely be tweeting him, asking him about whether they cut open sharks. <laughs> that I, I think the people want to know. I just, I need to know this. So um, I'm going to tweet him from the pod account. Uh, now, what we, what we come to learn is that Craven, who is obviously an ill-intentioned uh, scientist. Yeah. Like... Was it was it just like was Von Evil too hard? Yeah, like, they right. was like no, yeah, but, that's yeah. a Von little Doom oven. was taken and Von yeah. Evil was too on the nose. Yeah, Von so Craven. Like, yeah, My- Miles likes money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's a family name. Likes money. It's it's an it's an old German name. And we the best part about this movie is I I think I can say without question when Ernie Hudson enters the frame. <gasps> The minute Ernie Hudson just enters, outclassing every single with just that same buttery <sighs> voice, that that same buttery intonation he uses in Congo, speaking through a oh cigar. Oh my as god! Always. Playing the surely has to be crooked as soon as you meet him. Real estate developer who yeah. owns a hotel in town and is like. Yeah eagerly foreclosing on all of the fishermen who have storefronts but can't afford to pay their rent anymore because there are no fish to provide for their livelihood. But just that smoky voice so oh my god sm- i mean those that was in i an mean entirely different movie he was it was it, he was ernie in a fast was he in, was in the fast and the furious version of this movie oh god i would watch that yeah I would watch ernie hudson if i would watch i mean i would watch ernie hudson in anything, anything. again ernie hudson <laughs> happening right here i'm gonna make that a thing you fucking bet your ass i'm gonna make that a thing ernie hudson um yeah no when he the minute he showed up i was like yep i'm in i'm done i'm in yeah. good cool great it didn't matter that the rest of this movie was like not worthy of Ernie Hudson. Yeah, was a real was a real mid. Yeah, t- was a real kind of like what is that like a mid range the entire time. We didn't really spike much, but, despite some attempts at action. Yeah, and like Ernie, I I thought about it, I was like Ernie showed up for I think they knocked out his filming in like a day and a half. <laughs> I mean, like with the greatest of ease. He doesn't yeah. need two takes. No, Ernie Hudson not in Shark Attack. No, no, he's no. just he showing showed up. up in, he muscled around some guys, just charismaing everyone under the table. Wearing wearing a double lapel, like a a, a double button suit, the breasted suit that could have had seven breasts. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That suit was so wide. Yeah, <laughs> the lapels on that were as wide as his voice is deep. And it 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 in a way that was like, God, was this 1999? I was just was this what we were wearing in 1999? Like my only no. real point of 1999 fashion is like the Mandy Moore candy video. Yeah. 
and whatever like InSync and Backstreet Boys were putting out as far as like fashions. That's not my only cultural touch points, but when I think of like the stereotypical part of yeah. that, I, 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 I just like, wow, were we there? No, no, no. I mean, like the only thing I can think is that the costume designer was like, oh, Zoot Suit Riot is going <laughs> to yeah. take off a lot more than it did. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only explanation. She's like, no. Nope. But, suit right. but Mambo number no. 5 sure did. Yeah, no, Mambo number no. 5. Mambo number no. 5 sure did. And you know did. what? Lou Bega's lapels were not as wide as Ernie Hudson's <laughs> in this movie. They were not. And it, until German the, sensation Lou Bega. Until, what? Yeah. Wait, what? He's German. He's German? He accepted, an, I remember seeing him at an award show, he accepted an award, and he was like, um, he said something like, like, Danke meine Deutschland. And I was like, what? Excuse me? And he like won a global artist category for being a, a, a German. Okay, so like I can't speak for all Jews right now, <laughs> but I think that officially we can say like, you know what? Holocaust forgiven. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> there you go. We just, uh, there, Forgi- there. I mean, like it's I'm just, done. just going out on a limb here. Uh, Mamba number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, culturally that really, <laughs> yeah, really, everything really around. balances out the scales on that one. <laughs> Lou? Good work. Good job, Blue Bag. Like, really? Yeah. He's German? Yeah. I will double check this and I will verify. What if he just, like, what? Um, His Vega. Yeah. That's not even German. Blue Bega. Oh, it's Bega. Blue Bega. Still not German. Yeah. Well, okay. I've, I've taken us afield with this fun fact. Oh, my God. Um, I, so we, I am focused on this. This is the rest of my night. We, we learn pretty we learn pretty early on that there are going to be two antagonizing forces against our sharkologists and it's going to be probably real estate developer early ernie hudson because he's being so ingratiating of the scientists that you're like so he's so welcoming yeah he's so excited he is like he insists that they come to dinner with his wife town yeah so between him and the scientists you're like okay these are gonna be the hurdles so what steven decides which makes sense he wants to dive in where his friend died and like scope out the scene, yeah. goes with Corinne, does some very patronizing. It's too dangerous. And Manny. I love your angry man voice that you generically do because you've now used <laughs> that for <laughs> so many different. Yeah. It's like, it's used, like Sam like, the Eagle from it, The Muppet. It started out as. <laughs> it started out as. Um, what's his name from Poseidon Adventure? Oh, Gene Hackman. E- no. Preacher Gene? No, no, no. It started out as. Um, uh, Angry cop? Yeah. Angry cop from patronizing cop? He started out as that. You're like, put on some clothes. I told you to wear some clothes. And it just expanded into like every time a man tells a woman not to do something or to do something, that's your voice. (laughs) And it's it's McGruff. In my head, it's McGruff the the crime dog. (laughs) In my head, it is is the imitation Uh of... Our friend Marin, sure, doing the voice of who's the guy who loses his son in Lost, the character who needs his boy Walt back. Oh, um, yeah, I forget the character's name. I, it doesn't. Never watched it. Okay, uh, but, but it's it, the it's, guy for the guy who's from when, Romeo and Juliet. Yes, when yeah. Marin would imitate him going, "I want my son back. <laughs> I need my boy." He was never British. <laughs> no, but that is that is like the voice Marin would do. Okay. Like she would make fun of him for like. Yeah. She would use a voice like that. So it's just sort of like become your av- like a generic gruff assertion. Friend of the pod, Marin, just for any listener who <laughs> yeah, might not, so who so might not know the name. If, I know she's come Anybody who doesn't know, Cliff Notes version, one, listen to the, the intro, Disaster Girls, <laughs> but also this is the reason that Jordan and I are friends. Yes, yes. Uh, shouts out to you, Marin. Every episode, someone's first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and so, we'll be gentle, guys. And so <laughs> we... 
so Corinne and Steven go diving where uh, the, and this is one actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. They go diving where Mark was killed. Yeah. And they're, they find this barrel down below because they, there's a, they hear like a, a, a sound coming out of it and they are trying to pry this barrel open in this murky water and they're prying it open with a knife and they finally get it open. And at the instant that it opens, that is also the moment that a shark comes in from yeah. out of nowhere. But the way they cut it in this scene is like the shark is coming out of the barrel. It was a very confusing And, and you're like, wait, how big is the shark? <laughs> and then you realize the shark is really big. You're like, it was in the barrel? <laughs> and you're like, it could, okay, it couldn't have come out of the barrel. But why did it look like that? And it, it ends up like driving them out of the water. And it turns out what they found in it was like a thumper. Like something to... That, that attracts sharks. That att- attracts, yeah, like the boom. Boom. Yeah, so it's which, a sound that makes the sharks come closer, thinking that it's prey or something. Yeah, and presumably these are used by scientists trying to draw yeah. sharks in for study. Yeah. So they realize that, hmm, like, what's the thumper doing down there? What's that doing on? Well, you know, is somebody setting these up? Because if so, that is what's drawing sharks into the shore, even though what Miles told them was that environmental conditions like red tide yeah. had driven out the shark's food supply there by making them more vicious because they're hungry and that's why they're attacking more people. Well, they find this thumper and it's like somebody's placing these here and dr- placing these here and drawing them into the shore. Yeah. So that's that's a first sign of foul play. They eventually get they come back under the, the cloak of night. Yeah. Uh, because they oh, are and this near is the first time. And the first time is when they first get trapped yeah. by the random tribe, random African tribe who, when I saw them, like in the intro, when the, when the, the evil cops are boating in yeah. and it's like, they're boating in, they're passing by like burning totems and shit. Yeah. And I was like, are we on skull Island? Yeah. Like, what is this like weird generically, tribal and yeah and the natives the, the word on the word from land is that only this tribe is allowed to hunt sharks in their designated waters yeah so when they come up to the surface there are members of this tribe waiting there to be like you need to get out of here and there's one guy yelling but yeah. otherwise they are in no way threatening no. to corinne and steven and yet and they, they go, corinne they go yeah corinne has a fucking racist panic attack corinne is ready to speak to a manager <laughs> Yes, Corinne guys. is at Corinne. the Apple store and she would like to talk to a genius yeah. about these men. Yeah, Corinne was Corinne was sure that she was being hostily attacked. Yeah, like they were like just like they were going to kill us. Those guys look like they were going to murder us. They go to Miles and talk to him and he's like, "Well, they're very protective of their land." She's like, "They look like like I thought I thought we were going to die." And Casper and he was like, "No." And even Craven, scientist Craven is like, "No, like they wouldn't hurt anyone." And Miles and Steven's like, oh, well, they sure look like they could. It's like, absolutely, they. you had one guy yelling at you yeah. for trespassing. Yeah. And he had his friends there with him. There was no implication there of violence. There were no weapons drawn. There not, was no sign. They were surrounded by boats. And Corinne is just insistent that harm was going to come for them. She was she was a white woman in Oakland, California, yeah. calling the authorities on black people for barbecuing. Yeah. I was like, did we really need to prolong how sure she was she was going to die? She was scuba dive Susan. <laughs> scuba dive Susan. What a problem. Yeah. So once that like it gets sorted out that they indeed were never in peril. Never. Well, they're going to go back at night and they're going to get another shark because they need to get a blood sample. And what ends up happening is they get a blood sample from a shark. After killing it, straight up killing that yeah, thing. Yeah, another, a lot of sharks died. So, yeah, which, by the way, a point of, you know, like, 
unbelievability for me mm-hmm. was how eager Stephen was to constantly just dive right in with a fucking spear gun. Yeah, he was. Stephen was for never a researcher. He was without, quite cavalier in that way. Yeah, he was never without a spear gun. There was not a single time where he was like, don't kill it. It's important to the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. He did not once no, defend no one the life. That. No one cared about the lives of the sharks. Stephen was like, St- a boy gets atta- gets bumped out of his boat and yeah. gets attacked, and Stephen dives into the water with a spear gun. Mm-hmm. He always has one on him. <laughs> yeah, Manny, does. the generic like European stereotype. Oh, so we haven't even talked about Manny. Manny is like the driver backslash fisherman backslash like comic, comic relief. relief. Yeah, he's sort of he's like the zany, the zany. zany Eastern European sidekick like he's always got a con going he's always got a thing going yeah he'll take you anywhere for a price kind of character um Manny shoots the shark in the head during this thing because Steven's like we're gonna pull it onto the boat Mm -hmm. we're gonna tranquilize it yeah and then we'll take a blood sample and instead of tranquilizing it the shark just well, they do, they do tranquilize it, but yeah. I think because we it learned that because they are the souped up on steroids, it right. turns out. So, this so they couldn't out actually shark. put it down. Yeah, put, it, the, put it out. Right. The roided out shark is not re- responding to the steroid or to the tranks. Right. So Manny just takes like his elephant gun from nowhere <laughs> and blasts the shark in the head. And Stephen's like, well, that's one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like no remorse, nothing. He just full on flippantly, like the way I would respond. I was to someone shooting a shark. I was definitely, I was definitely distressed by the number of sharks that they just kept killing. It was like, yeah. this is, we've demonstrated quite early on that this is not a nefarious, a, a, a set of attacks by like s- cognizant, like sentient sharks. Yeah. These, these sharks are not planning. These are not the gators of crawl. Yeah. So the more they just kept killing them and cutting them into pieces, I was like, can we stop killing these sharks who are just yeah. living their goddamn lives right now? It was very distressing. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how research science on sharks works, but like, I feel like it doesn't involve just, just poaching sharks and cutting out their liver. Constantly killing sharks. And that sharks. is what Miles kept yeah. doing. Yeah. He kept on just like ripping open a shark, cutting out, look, poking at its liver playing hot potato with it and then yeah. just being like, well, that was cool. Yeah. Like I did not understand what the, what kind of science they were doing and why some really like was, some really dirty operating room science. It was questionable. And definitely like, nobody Steven, who was going for their PhD. This were people who were kicked out of PhD programs, yeah. kinds of science. Yeah. Like I, if miles had been making like a Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. monster kind of shark, yeah. like I'd be in. Steven right if that was the plot to like piece yeah. together parts of like the super genetically shark. superior sharks oh my god I would watch that movie that would have made more sense honestly but yeah so Steven being like oh yeah let's just kill this next shark and then he kills another shark and then he takes the blood sample and which Corinne analyzes because Corinne can analyze blood samples because yes. she That's just part of her is portfolio. a scientist <laughs> um, and what we learn from the blood samples is that they have been pumped full of synthetic growth hormone yeah so someone's doing this this to them is yeah. what Corinne and Steven learn. Well, the most likely suspect of that is going to be Miles, the resident, like doctor, doctor scientist, doctor shark scientist. Yeah. So they go kind of confront, they end up confronting him, I believe at the dinner table of Ernie Hudson. They like, they obliquely, when Ernie Hudson and his wife, Mrs. Ernie Hudson, yes. have them over for dinner and like, at their beautiful they, home, they obliquely bring up the fact that 
like, oh yeah, we noticed some abnormal behavior in the sharks. And then like, they have some sort of a, a their metabolism yeah, is higher. They, they've been boosted up with these steroids. So their mm-hmm. metabolism has been kicked into overdrive. Yeah. So they're ravenously hungry, which is why they've eaten all the, the fish supply yeah. in the area and yet are continuing to attack because they're not, yeah. they think they're hungry all the time because they're just so jacked up. Yeah. And, and Mrs. Ernie Hudson is fascinated by all of this in a yeah. very like benign, I'd love some exposition with our dinner kind of way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And Stephen says to Miles, he's like, well, you found the same thing, didn't you, Miles? Yeah. And Miles is like, indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. Because, because Miles says things like that because Miles has like really big, and we haven't really discussed this about Miles. Miles has big, wore a cape to high school energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, I hear he that. He says, indeed. He smokes a cigarette. He does all like, like in a very he speaks like I he's grew a up Bond on very villain. cliche like I, I watched every cliched villain yeah. and decided that's how I was gonna format my whole His personality. Whole personality. He's yeah. a performance of the most broad strokes yeah. of smug asshole. How shall I put this? Is at yeah. one point he says that sentence and then Steven's like, Well, this is how it works, and it's like <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, no, that's how, how you put it. Yeah, that's how you put it. And, how shall I put this? And, and when he's confronted by by like the outrage of like the medical tests we learned that he's doing, he's like, "You always get you always get caught up in the details, Stephen. In in the details, the details. It's like why 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 are you talking like that? Because he wore a cape to high school. There is, there is that there is that he, nerd yeah. prose thing yeah. that he talks in. It's it's so it's so insufferable. Yeah, that's very yeah, kind of like, like magic you, ma- magic cards at yeah. the in the cafeteria kind of situation. When when he says that about you always got so Miles Craven to the surprise of absolutely no one is um, pumping these sharks full of steroids because sharks have this super healing ability. Yeah, and he's he convinced shark blood can, can cure, cure cancer. cancer. Yes, which why not? But, I'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah, shark bloods can cure cancer. Squeeze a shark, get some blood out, yeah. put it in a cancer patient. Why not? Which so, is basically his process. Yeah, and he's been then running an off-the-books yeah. cancer lab yeah. in which he's just pumping it full, pumping children, children. with cancer yeah. full of shark's blood, which I was really hoping, by the way, that that kid with cancer... I wanted that kid to become a super zombie. <laughs> right. To like lunge at his father. I was waiting for that moment and it didn't happen. I was yeah. like, right, we're not in that movie. Yeah. So they confront, Stephen and Corinne confront Miles in his lab and they're basically like, and Stephen's basically like, you're a megalomaniac and he's like, no, I'm going to cure cancer. Yeah. And he shows him like the proof and like a couple patients who have had astounding results and their cancer has disappeared. He's done, you know, he's done none of the the, the animal testing. He's yeah. done none of the the double blind, all this trials that he should do. Which are the details, which is he's like, you always yeah. get hung up in the details. The details like, no, that's, that's the scientific process. Yeah, that's buddy. the scientific method. Yeah. And, and there is perhaps the most, perhaps the most, um, Hard hitting point of the movie is when Casper, uh, when uh, Steve McRae does have his line where he's like, um, he says something like, "You, that's why you came here to South Africa mm-hmm. and you came to this town. He's like, you come to this town where people have no resources and they just like are waiting for a miracle and you know you can basically exploit these people yeah. And take advantage of them. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a fucking statement right there. We're, yeah. we're getting into a hard-hitting issue right now. He's, like, ex- ex- accusing them of going to underdeveloped countries, exploiting the poor in the name of his scientific experiments so he can win a Nobel Prize one day, no matter how many people yeah. die in the process. And that's when he tells him, that's when Miles tells him, well, you're hung up in the details. Yeah. And I think, and at this point, I feel like we are sufficiently led to believe cahoots between Lawrence, the developer, Yeah. 
and scientist Miles, crooked I mean, scientist like, Miles. The, that's been laid out pretty clearly when it's set up in the beginning. Yeah. That he, Lawrence, the developer, Lawrence Rhodes is the one funding. Yes. He like he's explicitly says that he's funding. So we don't need that secondary twist because it's very clear he has been paying for all of this. So well, one would assume. What we learn later is that as he like when when all is revealed to yeah. Stephen and Corinne and even to Miles that the cancer funding, the shitty fraudulent cancer uh, project is his wife's pet project. Yeah. And what Crooked Developer Ernie Hudson is actually doing, there has been an oil reserve discovered off the coast of this town, and Ernie Hudson is trying to basically buy everything so he owns the place and has rights to the oil or something, and he wants to close down all the businesses essentially on the waterfront so he can demolish them and rebuild once he gets rich off the oil profits. So he's trying to get all these fishermen foreclosed in their leases and to run them out of town Mm -hmm. because he's going to make this like a posh tourist destination. And so we're thinking the whole time that the science and the uh, real estate asshole are are in bed together when actually Miles is just autonomously a sociopathic asshole who's killing kids with bad cancer treatments. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually not driven by this like we in super villainy support one another. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to make Miles more it's meant to humanize Miles, but I think it actually makes him worse. Yeah, that this is less like, oh, this is a, your your own personal hobby. Yeah, this wasn't a grand plan with a a, a dual villain force. Yeah. This is just you truly having no compunction about sacrificing children in the name of your insane fanciful cancer cure all. Yeah. And I love so much watching the flourish of Ernie Hudson when he is laying out his dastardly intentions. Yeah, when he when he just full on is like the oh, fucking and charm. Now I'll yeah. exposit all of my plans. And it's great. And so like it, it's yeah. so heavy handed, but it doesn't even matter because he's so smooth. Yeah, it's just enjoyable. It's fantastic. It's just it, it is a movie that is saved that third act is saved entirely by the fact that they went way overboard with casting way overboard they like they put they put all their resources thankfully into ernie hudson Mm -hmm. oh and what we learn uh the shark thumpers were being put out by lawrence rhodes by ernie hudson because he wanted to draw the sharks in to the area to eat all the fish which was the plan yeah that was what they were supposed to do was eat all the fish so there was no supply for the fishermen he's like oh that's great that's working out wonderfully but then they started killing people and driving individuals away. So his plan was basically working out better than he ever could have hoped because now there were no fish. There were a dwindling number of fishermen. There was mass panic. No and tourists. Was, yeah, no tourists. He was just going to have this whole area to himself yeah. to redevelop. And all that Miles knew this whole time was that he was getting funding from Lawrence's wife to continue his insane murderous research. Yeah. So it was just convenient. It just all conveniently worked out through the stupidity of everybody else for Ernie Hudson until sharkologist Steven is on the scene. I think Ernie Hudson deserved that waterfront. I was like, when, when it like, there's, there's like a big conversation. Like let Ernie Hudson and the sharks rule. I was, I was rooting for Ernie to win. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't necessarily want him to win in hand to hand combat, but like, I want him to get away. Yeah. Like I want him to, I want him to live to fight another day. And the the movie culminates obviously in a showdown once we realize the ultimate villain is Lawrence between Lawrence and Stephen McRae in like the worst 
like slap fight yeah. possible. They're just well, having a slap fight a on digni- a buoy. It's, it's hard to have a dignified fight on in a helicopter, first of all. Well, but then they're in the water yeah. and they're just, they're both holding onto the same buoy, shoving each other into yeah. the water. And it's, it's terrible. It's yeah. a terrible climactic battle. It's a really, well, it's a lack of dignity, especially given that Ernie Hudson gets the most dramatic shark attack death yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Because most of the shark, like there's really, we only see a couple of shark attacks in the movie itself. Yeah. We see Mark. Mm-hmm. We see the te- the, the boy. Uh-huh. We um, see the tourist. And then we see the tourist. Yeah. And then we get Ernie Hudson as the fourth, cl- as the fourth shark attack. Yeah. And I don't think we get any others. And his is really the only one where you get a full on like, this is kind of a brutal death. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, I, I think he didn't not deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to give one brutal death to anybody, like give it to Ernie Hudson. Yeah, let him he'll go make, big. He'll make a meal out of it. Yeah. But um, also really, yeah, I'm with you. I was rooting for him to get away. I know. I and But it just he's just so good. Yeah. There I wanted him just... to like expand those lapels and they'd catch the wind and he'd just <laughs> fly away. Oh, it's also important. Uh, we, we know that the cancer treatment is bunk. Oh, yeah. Because... Corinne and Steven return to the oncology center and they find that all like there are like three kids in there who have been receiving these treatments and they show great improvement for like two weeks and then they careen back down and crash and they're like it's certain death. Yeah. So we see it like we see like people bleeding out of their mouths and like sores on their body. So that's when you you see what Steven and his detail or you see what Miles and his details are willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Which really undermines the course of like the big final sort of showdown. Miles takes an air, uh, takes a oh, harpoon yeah. through the chest. He saves Stephen from being shot. He takes a harpoon through his body from Lawrence, Ernie Hudson. And as he's dying, Miles looks at Stephen and goes, I wasn't a bad guy after all. And Stephen goes, I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, no, you were no, horrible. You were still you really were absolutely bad. horrible. It's just that you weren't the bad guy of the movie. And yeah. I don't know how yes. you know that. Like it's as if he was saying this about his character. Yeah. Which was such a weird choice. Yes. Because yes, he was a <laughs> bad guy. He was ab- he was He held Corinne hostage. Yes, he, he did. He killed children. Yeah, he was worse than Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Ernie Hudson was just like Ernie was Hudson greedy. was greedy. And gentrifying, yeah, which was like we have. I haven't even touched upon the racial undertones of that aspect of it, which is really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like we got to get into that in a second. I but don't like, even know where to begin unpacking that. Oh I don't my know god, that I'm qualified because it's mean, a it's a fucking mess. The I mean, like, like white just, South Africans speaking white, on behalf of the villagers taking yeah. on Casper Van Dien. Yeah, the black real estate developer whose ruining name the is lives Rhodes, the which the Rhodes are the one the family the white family. Of the diamond mining industry who founded De Beers. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. When, when when he said his name and I was God. like, is he supposed to be black? Like, maybe they meant to cast a white guy and said so they cast, they were just like, well, Ernie Hudson said, yes, we can't not. This is very confused. So, yeah. So, the Rhodes family was the De Beers family. That's why Rhodesia. Oh. Yeah. Rhodes. Okay. That's the whole thing. So the fact that the guy who they is... They had a whole country named after them? Yeah, I think, yeah. So they, like... I mean, it makes sense. Like, De Beers is big enough. I get that. That makes sense. Like but the, shit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Rhodes was the De Beers fan. Like, that that was that family. Or I'm mixing things up because I've had a glass of wine. Mm. Um, but either way, like, Rhodes is a is the founders of most of South Africa. Like, the reason that South Africa is fucked <laughs> is in a large degree rooted in the family name Rhodes. 
So the fact that then uh. he was the developer who was buying out all the exclusively white South Africans. Uh huh. The only other he was black, out black he was buying out black there business was owners. One as well. black yeah. business owner. Yeah. Who has one a guy. son who's dying of cancer. Who has the son who's dying of cancer. Everyone else was white. Uh-huh. Um and yeah, and that he's the one evil guy and he's super wealthy. And it's just like, this is so, the dynamics of this are It was weird. very weird. And like, yeah, I, I also- It hinted it too much that it was not at all able to unpack. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, and as to, to like cis white women, tough one for us to dive into particularly, except right. that just knowing the history of like that name, uh huh, it did. My head, I was just like, I did the confused dog looking at yeah. an answering machine thing where I was like, I don't, what? What's yeah, ha- no, what's that's happening? worth mentioning. That's a fact worth mentioning yeah. for sure. So, so anyway, so point is, is that what the fuck? Uh-huh. And I don't believe, I don't believe in the end, uh, our heroes, Corinne and Steven, do they end up together? Um, yeah, she, she says says something about a placement like, in Africa, like, I guess for that's research. That's him. Okay, that's him. Yeah, and he's like, I know a guy, and then oh, he kisses okay. her. Oh, yeah, oh, they did kiss, they did kiss Yeah, her. and meanwhile, Mrs. Rhodes has taken all of Mr. Rhodes' money and relieved the debt of, oh. all, of, the, of all of the fishermen. That's right, yeah, that's yeah. right, you're right. So okay. everybody, and like, I would assume, continues to fund... Because Mrs. Rhodes ethical. just thinks she's funding cancer research yeah. here. She doesn't And now know. they're funding the ethical research. Yes. And Miles is dead, so. Right. He can no longer. Just kill kids. <laughs> yeah, Indiscriminately just... kill children. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. No, you were a bad guy all along, Miles. He was all along, he was a bad guy. Again, but even like, okay, even if you're going to ignore the whole thing of like, well, he killed children. We're going <laughs> to skip that. And we're going to skip the, well, he injected sharks and knew that they were probably responsible for all the deaths in right. the area. Yeah. Ignoring those two things. Ignoring just explicitly that. seeing what we see happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, he holds a woman hostage mm-hmm. in exchange for a data exchange. And also- And threatens to kill her. And when we learn that the, the cancer kids are in, just inevitably going to die, and the father of one yeah. of them asks Stephen when he sees them, he's like, why won't- he called, why won't yeah. Miles, why won't Craven Call come me back? back? Yeah. He has fully abandoned the dying children yeah. and their families. No, Miles is explicitly a bad dude in yeah. this. It's he's just that he's horrible. not the worst dude in this. He is, but we're supposed to think he's not. I mean, His yeah. Pl- he just, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the memorable swagger of Over, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. He's, okay, he's not, he is the worst dude. He's not the most um, broadly lapelled dude. Yes, that's true. So, yeah. Oh, and the thing about this is the, the level of animated that we're getting over this movie is a higher level of a, sort of emotional oscillation than oh, yeah. really any point that this movie offers. No, this movie was a flat line of a movie emotionally. Yeah, it's a real middle register kind of note. And the, every single one of Casper's I wasn't, lines... I wasn't like bored, but I was like, oh, it's just not getting more exciting. No, every single one of Casper's lines, I was like, for some reason, I was like, this could have been ADR'd, and I'm not positive. <laughs> I am not positive. Like, it was just something about the way he was recorded or delivered the entire time. I was like... This his entire performance could be ADR'd and I wouldn't know any better. I love, I have to say, whoa, whoa, yawn. I love, I have to say, when Corinne sees, angrily sees um Stephen walk into the fisherman's only bar, she sees him and goes, Stephen McCray. I love when they say that. Mr. Big Time Shark Expert. Oh yeah. The dialogue in that scene in particular is so 
perfectly on message with what ends up being the totality yeah. of this movie's quality. Which he's not a big time shark expert because he's he doesn't re- have a PhD. He doesn't even have a PhD. He does not still have his PhD, no. which I was like, I just... He's a doctoral student. There's no world in which he's the most qualified shark person yeah. in this situation. He's like the 17th most qualified shark person. <laughs> and he just happens to also have a, fl- a plane ticket to South Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that takes us to the end of our reality indexing. Yeah. yeah. A pretty, like, on the whole... As far as like the substance of the movie, I don't have that many gripes with it because it didn't oh it didn't swing too big on its no. believability. Like, sure, uh, juiced up steroid sharks are attacking a lot, and we need to stop them. Yeah, but they weren't okay. like hyper intelligent sharks; they were just juiced up. Yeah, and like uh, gentrification ruins local economy. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, th- those were things were which you know yeah. it made for the sort of mi- only middling level of excitement. Yeah, I would say. So does that, what is, I, I forget our order. Well, that brings us to what is this movie really about? And that one I really struggled with, Jordan. I hate to say it. I think this movie was about shark attacks. <laughs> like, could be right this, there. It wasn't about, I was like, what is, and I really, I went back and forth. I was like, is this about colonization? It's not about colonization. Is yeah. this about, like, I really went through and tried to tie it in with other things and try and figure out what it was. Uh-huh. And what I kept coming back to is I was like, this is just a movie about a guy who's trying to figure out why there are shark attacks. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even it's not even like an anti science. I thought initially because like the fishermen right. were so against the scientists, yeah. and I was like, is it an anti science movie? Yeah, it's not really an anti science movie because it's very clear. Like this, what he is doing is beyond what Miles is doing is beyond the realm of normal science. It's not like this is what scientists do, right? And it is damaging. So it wasn't even that. I really was just like, this really is just a movie, and it you know it could it, it could in a way be a, a PSA against incestuous relationships yeah. between siblings uh, with Corinne the brother fucker and and Mark, Mark dearly departed yeah but, they, but there was never really a strong warning nope, against it there wasn't and it was generally fine yeah um I, I will go with uh the the short-sightedness and the dangers of rapid gentrification yeah and uh not the the sinister nature of not involving a community in its growth and evolution and mm-hmm. how that will really only bring uh that will bring short-term rewards for those seeking to gain uh from it seeking to profit profit from it yeah but it will bring just long-term degradation of of the actual community itself and and probably your investment so yeah i'm, I'm gonna say I'll, I'll i'll just go bigger just to get my shot in uh it is ultimately about a warning sign for you know, what not, what to be on the lookout for the red flags we should look out for as Silicon Valley, uh, Mm -hmm. arrives like one of the seven plagues in so many cities across America and begins to disrupt local ecosystems with influxes of cash and poisons the poisons, the system, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, New York. Yeah. Amanzi. Sure. Amanzi, South Africa. Nowhere is immune. So yeah, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the violence the violence of gentrification is what this movie is about. All right, I like a- it. And shark attacks. And shark attacks. I mean, like I just <laughs> yeah. The most I can offer is don't dive alone. <laughs> don't dive alone. Don't dive alone. Yep, that's it. Yep, and yeah, and uh, big money is never on your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't dive alone. Big money's never on your side. Big money's never on your side. Uh, never trust a man whose lapels are <laughs> wider than your esophagus. Even if his voice sounds like Ernie <sighs> Hudson's. I mean, always trust Ernie Hudson, but don't trust Ernie Hudson. Right. Yeah. So that brings us to dream casting. Dream then. casting. Who do you have? So um, 
I spent a lot of this movie, first of all, very confused about who the guy who plays Miles reminded me of. Okay. Because I was the whole time I was like, who is it? And it's not Kevin Smith, but he has Kevin Smith's facial hair. <laughs> um, so I finally kind of settled. It's tough because I think that if I remade this movie, it would probably have to be like remade with a lot more effort put into it. Mm, okay. Um, you know, I do want to mention one thing unrelated to everything else, but fun fact, Jenny McShane, who plays Corinne. Oh, okay. Is also in the third shark attack because they made three. Oh, fantastic. A she's franchise in, star. She's in the third one. Hold on though. This is the unexpected twist on this one. Playing an entirely different character. <laughs> Wait. They liked Wait. her so much. They were like, we're going to keep her in universe. Wow. She's going to be in this universe playing a totally different character. And you're like, oh, maybe she's a bit part. No, she's the love interest in that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Shark Attack 3, Megalodon. Hustle. Get your hustle on. Jenny McShane's in Jenny it. Jenny McShane, good for you. So I decided I'm keeping her. Okay. I'm yes. just, you know what? She's going to be Corinne. All right. Um, so Corinne is Jenny McShane, keeping her. I decided to do Michael Ely as, uh, as Steven. Okay. Like... People are super into he's him as so an actor. Handsome. He's so handsome. God, those eyes. Right. He's so handsome. People are so into him. And other than the fact that he's incredibly attractive, uh-huh. I just have never once been like, that's a dynamic performance from that gentleman. Okay. Okay. And that is why he is perfect for that character. Okay. He should, like, that is the, the he is the sawdust human <laughs> necessary for shark attacks. By the way, we didn't cover this, but there's the giant shark attack bite on Steven's back that oh, yeah. never gets discussed. Yeah, the brief bit of thirst uh, satisfaction we get to see of shirtless Casper Van Dien looking good yeah. has a big old set of scars on his back and like left back arm. Yeah, like, and there's no tricep. exposition. There's no like, you normally get the scene where he's like, what happened? Where she's yeah. like, what, she caresses it and is like, what happened to exactly. you? And then he's like, well shark attack and I saved your brother's life. Yeah, they like, totally set that up that. and they do not follow Nothing. through on that. You're so right. Yeah, no, then we never get, there's no character arc, there's no development, there's no depth to him. Shit. He is, he is the, he is a kiddie pool filled with <laughs> inflatable <laughs> sharks. <laughs> so anyway, so Michael Ely, because why not? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. He's like pretty, he'll do fine. Yeah. Um, and then I finally figured out who Miles reminded me of and it's Michael Gladys who was on Mad Men. Oh, which character? He was character? Paul. Insufferable oh. Paul. Okay. Paul who wrote poetry and short stories. and Like Paul who could have been a cape kid. Pete Campbell is a Miles too. Pete Campbell could yeah, be a Miles. But, but no, I hear like, what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But I was like, yeah, you know what I want? But Pete Campbell will never lack for roles. Yeah. And, and in this case, Paul would. So yeah. Michael Gladys becomes Miles. Keeping Ernie Hudson. Oh, God. Because yeah. that's, that's non-negotiable. Question. That's a non-negotiable. Uh-huh. Um, like Ernie Hudson should have a part in everything the way that like on the opposite end of the spectrum that Miles Teller and Ansel Elsgort in our pod yeah. castings. Yeah. Like on the opposite end of the spectrum, it should always be Ernie Hudson just getting a, a choice role. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then, and man- like, just will insert never and Ernie Hudson plays the president. Yeah. It, no matter what, just, if there is a president yeah. or not, Ernie Hudson plays the president. Ernie Hudson plays the president. These are Ernie disaster Hudson- movies. There's gotta be a president somehow yeah. involved. He's the president. <laughs> he is an arms dealer. Yes. He is like a random lab scientist for no reason except to deliver one line. Yeah. Like fine. Just give him a part. Give Ernie <laughs> Hudson a paycheck. Yes. HUD stands unite. <laughs> HUD stands turn out, come through. <laughs> um, but last but not least, 
Manny, I'm going to cast somebody who just the other day I was having a conversation and was like, whatever happened to him? Uh-huh. Keeping an ethnic stereotype alive. Okay. We're going to go Roberto Benini. Roberto Benini as the cab driver. Yeah. Sure. Because like the he expatriate, ends up being- expatriate, yeah. exp- expat living yeah. in a Monzi. Okay. Yeah. He ends up being like the second, he's the sidekick. Oh, Kit found my neighbors. Kit. Kit. <laughs> Kit's in a cone and there's nothing less intimidating than my dog barking at a window while wearing an Elizabethan collar. Yeah. <laughs> He's so pathetic looking. Okay. But yeah, Roberto Benini. Okay. What's he doing these days? Yeah. I looked it up. Hopefully being happy somewhere. Not a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, Manny ends up having a pretty big role. He's not just he a does. cab driver. Manny he has, ends up like Manny has being like a the getaway role. driver. So why not Roberto Benini? Okay. Okay. Jordan, how about you? There are a couple different ways this movie could go. And I think if I keep it the movie that it is, I want to keep Casper in place. Sure. I just so enjoy Casper Van Dien. I mean, he's aged tremendously. He's, he's a aged, handsome, handsome the man. man. aged like a hostess cupcake. And he, and he just, he, he does his, he does his job so well. I want to keep, I want to keep him in place. I want to keep Ernie Hudson in place. Mm-hmm. I want to make Corinne Kari Wurrer. Who? You say this, and I, I'm as I subtly quote from my you, phone to Google her. Kari Wurrer, who I think I can say his biggest claim to fame was in Anaconda. Mm. She's the very sexy woman in the movie Anaconda. And I hate to reduce it like that, but they make it her job to wear white t-shirts in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is also another movie another like made for tv movie involving Carly oh Wurr, her yeah that i really enjoy about like a stalker lesbian best friend she has excellent of its time uh yeah i think i want to make kari Wurrer in 1990 whatever yeah, like for that time period okay. too. like i'm casting I was gonna say, she looks like a real housewife of beverly hills no now. i'm casting of the era oh okay i thought you were casting modern day cast no no that's that's if i keep this movie oh, sort okay. of exactly where it's at and then i want to change miles I think even that, I think I'm going to borrow from Anaconda again, or I'm going to go, you know, actually I might go really smarmy Donald Logue. Ooh. Really like shitty guy in Blade, Donald Logue for miles. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I think, I think that's the general direction that I want to take it. And I'm trying to think then if I went that route. I don't. The actor who played Manny fulfilled that role to the best of his ability. I, I, I think he did that job effectively. Yeah. Like but, he played that stereotype. Like short of short of being like, I'm Latka. I'm in I'm in yeah. taxi. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I I, I kind of like I think maybe I'll considering what I'm trying to do this movie I might I might keep him who he is now if I I remade this movie and I made this the the prestige version of this movie okay I'm gonna make Manny since we just talked about him for his current starring role as uh Grumble Tiger is that, is that oh um something like Grumble Tiger it, Ray Winstone who is currently appearing in the movie Cats, 
check it out one time. I'm going to go Ray Growl Winstone. Tiger. Growl Tiger. Growl Tiger. Growl Tiger. Uh, yes, exactly. Currently guesting on the pod. Growl <laughs> sure. Tiger. Wow. Hold on. Can we get that one more time, please? Growl Tiger. <laughs> Ray Winstone is going to be the hard-boiled uh, fixer cabbie. Sure. Rosamond Pike. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Is going to be uh, Corinne. Was she sleeping with her brother? <laughs> That's, we're going to take that, we're really going to take that out of it. Okay. We're going to make it a much more dignified, it's going to be more like that relationship, the sort of Bible, yeah. character Bible of that would be like, it would be very much like the relationship between um, archaeologist Evie in The Mummy and her bumbling brother. Okay. It, it's going to be a lot more like that All it, right. this time around. Um, so yeah, it would be Rosamund Pike as Corinne. It's going to be Ray Winstone as Manny. We're keeping Ernie Hudson. Always. We are keeping Ernie Hudson in place. Yeah. And I'm going to go John Hamm is, is going to be Stephen McRae. John Hamm is going to be Stephen McRae. Okay. I'm, we're going to make them not like old college friends. Yeah. I'm going to make Miles Teller Miles. Uh-huh. Miles is Miles. Great. Uh. Ansel Ansel Elgort is honestly going to play the younger brother of Rosamund Pike. Okay. And he begins the movie by being eaten by a shark. Can I can I add to the characters on this? Yes. Which is that maybe in this scenario John Hamm was their professor. Oh, okay. Oh. I hear you. He is the professor. He was the professor to, to, to shitty Miles. megalomaniacal yes. Miles. And Miles was and, booted out of the program. He was he, and Miles reckless was his devil PhD. may care Ansel. Yeah. Ooh, Miles that. was his PhD student and John Hamm kicked him out of the program, which is why Corinne is a little like, yep. you kicked my brother and his friend out of the program. Yeah, yeah. And that's where that tension comes They were just kids. From. They were just kids. They, they were just kids, better. Steve. And, he, and he's like, come on, Corinne, you know as well as I do that the kind of science they're doing is against God and man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And exactly. she's like, I know, but they could have learned. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. And yeah. And I want to see like the gruff interactions between Ray Winstone and John Hamm. Yeah. I want John Hamm and Ernie Hudson to share a scene where the two of yeah. them smile at each other. Yeah. Because the two of them have the best smiles in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. Oh, both of them chomping on a cigar. <laughs> We're we're keeping Ernie Hudson. We're gonna build out the role of his wife, and his yeah. wife is going to be Viola Davis. With the <gasps> what if Viola Davis is behind it the whole yeah, time? Yeah, I was gonna say because at, at that point you could have her be a supervillain too. What if she's behind it the whole time? Ernie Hudson doesn't know. Ernie Hudson lives on, and he and John Hamm establish a research institute together. Season the, yeah. the end of the this end of the, the movie is version. the two of them like nursing sharks together in it in in the in 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 the uh universal 150 million dollar version of this movie uh i i think we could like if we wanted to just the only thing i would say is uh how great of a of a corinne would maggie grace be i mean how great i just how great of an anything would maggie like, grace maggie grace agent maggie grace why not put agent maggie maybe agent maggie grace comes into this episode like <laughs> corinne's there keep because i still like the rosamund pike as like i do too i enjoy that as a as a casting for the character of corinne but uh -huh. like maybe in this corinne is a smaller role agent maggie grace is like a coast guard of south africa <laughs> she's a coast guard. Like agent trying to figure out yeah. what all she's like butting heads with john ham about the science and yeah she's like we have to shut the beach down john ham's like yeah. and we have to kill all the sharks and john ham's like the problem we is in the sharks. All the sharks yeah the problem is in the sharks agent maggie grace and agent she's maggie like, grace definitely wants to kill all the sharks to save yeah. the people and he's like the problem isn't the sharks maggie grace the problem is what's going on with the sharks and she's like <laughs> you and your ways john ham you and your ways 
Yeah. Your fucking ways. I mean, I I would watch this. This is a two and a half hour movie <laughs> yes. involving de-aging shark technology yeah. that I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is absolutely up there with the 19 Shark and Teen. <laughs> Compete at next year's Golden Globes. I mean, nominate for your consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Can we also put Jennifer Lopez in this since we're just like... <laughs> so we're just saying things. Now we're just saying, I'm just saying things. And if we're going to make a, yeah. a Golden Globe nominated All the movie, Hustlers women just show up as their characters I would on, also, a, on a, a three-hour tour. To be fair, I would also recast this entire movie with the cast of Hustlers. Yeah. <laughs> Lily, Lily Reinhardt puking over the side of a boat. Yes! Yeah, Kiki Palmer is the one who's like running away from the sharks. Yeah, yeah, just sorry <laughs> she's, to this man. She's she's Manny the cat, the boat driver. <laughs> Constance Wu is Steven. Yeah, um, there's a universe in which it works. There's a, yeah, absolutely. And then it ends up Cardi B. Jennifer Lopez is Miles. Cardi B ends up being Ernie Hudson. I would love for Cardi to be to have a bigger role. Yeah, and then Lizzo shows up and plays a shark song on the flute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she the flute for sure. Yeah, Kit, Kit, Kit. You, you guarded the house good, buddy. So he will, Kit is pivoting us now into the number of towering infernos that this movie gets. Oh, boy. I'm, I get a two. Yeah, like I watched this, this movie twice and the second time was not because I enjoyed it so much, but because yeah. I felt like I'd missed something and I had I, not. I had to rewatch about a 20 minute chunk of it because yeah. I was like, why is this movie confusing? It's not confusing. Yeah. But I just, I had to reabsorb. So it's, it, it's not in the ones. It's not like this was. It's not sh- mega fault bad. No, it's not yikes. It's just like, huh, that was not as exciting as it should have been. It was like someone's like, I've got cookies for you and you're all amped about cookies and yeah. it ends up being like an oatmeal cookie with no raisins. No, you want raisins in an oatmeal cookie? I, yeah, seriously, what the fuck? I don't know. I, I don't I don't like either of those things. I feel like at least having raisins in it, you're like, well, that's I mean, a- oatmeal chocolate chip if you're going to pollute my oatmeal Hell cookies yeah. with well, anything. Yeah, but I've never but once like, had an oatmeal chocolate if chip you, cookie. If you're like, here's a cookie and I'm excited and you hand me oatmeal fucking raisin, well, then you handed me shark attack. I was, oh yeah, like, but I'm saying like, it's, it's, it's that, but then you're like, and there's not even something to break up the oatmeal. No, the, oh, I want the pure oatmeal. Yeah, the oatmeal. Why would you want oatmeal. the pure oatmeal? Oh, it's great. Oatmeal, like with that nice cinnamon. Mm. Yeah. What? And oatmeal cookie batter is the best cookie batter. Yes. That's, oh, I what? fully agree. Oh, what yeah. is? What? Okay. Nice, nope. That's it. Oats. Yep. Well, oh, man. we ended this podcast <laughs> season two, episode one, last episode. I am podcasting with sociopaths. So, so what are you? What are you rating? What are you? I'm really still trying quick, to process. Tweet at us. Tweet at us your your, yeah. your oatmeal cookie preference. Either a plain oatmeal, b uh, uh, oatmeal raisin. Yeah, we should post this with a quiz. C oatmeal chocolate chip or d no oatmeal at all. Yeah. yeah d fucking chocolate chip cookie dough is the best cookie dough. What are you talking about? Oatmeal, oatmeal raisin. Dough. Oatmeal is the best cookie dough. What? Sure. The oats aren't even cooked. That's why it's exactly. good. It's the text. The texture's really nice. It's beautiful. It's gummy. It's yeah. Just... We'll do a Twitter poll. What? Is yeah. This? Let, yeah. We're posting this with a poll. <gasps> I don't know how to do that. So I think Amanda's Give me the power my Tate's user. Bake Shop. Yeah, we'll just You do it. not deserve to eat my Tate's Bake Shop. Fine cookies. Tate's <laughs> B- Fine cookies. Tate's Bake Shop sponsor us, by the way. <laughs> Tate's Bake yeah, Shop. Nantucket's finest. Please do. Southampton, New York. Uniquely yeah. crispy, deeply yeah, delicious. South Ham- the Hamptons, not Nantucket. Bite it's into all the it same like you're a shark me. biting into a crazy tourist leg. <laughs> But how many towering infernos? I give it two. Okay. Like it's, it was again, like I watched it a second time confused. And then the whole time I was like, this wasn't, wh- why? Yeah. What was I confused by? And then I realized I was confused because I was just bored. Yeah. And which like is a bummer because I was so amped. When you title a movie Shark Attack. 
Yeah. You're I setting feel an like you're setting an expectation. This is like, this should be like sharks eat more than usual. <laughs> yeah. That's this movie. Yeah. Sharks attack more than usual. Shark, sharks sort of swarm. Yeah. There was no, there shark, was no frenzy. Shark gathering. Dis- you know what? That's what I was disappointed. There by. wasn't. A there frenzy. was no frenzy. You know, going back to like and there was nothing early excessively on, large. Going back to the crawl, epi- mm-hmm. the crawl episode when you were like, I was so looking forward to the swirl of death. Yeah, because that's the and thing they saved it for the climax. Yeah, because that's it's the thing you're, you're looking for. Yeah, is you want the the signature move. And with a shark, I wanted a frenzy. It is. I wanted Ernie Hudson ripped limb from limb. If he's gonna die by shark attack, yeah. And I don't want Ernie Hudson to die. Period. No. I don't want him to die by shark attack. But if you're going to kill an Ernie Hudson character by shark attack, I want multiple sharks. I want body parts being rended from his torso. I want a dummy that I'm looking at and being like, that's not actually Ernie (laughs) Hudson. Couldn't be. That's, but I want to question if it is. And, but and I think the finishing move is an important sentiment because I think that's a critical part of the disaster movie experience, which whether it is an animal yeah. or a natural disaster, there needs to essentially be a finishing move. Yeah. Like the storm, the sharks, the crocodiles, yeah. the, the wild boars, 30 to 50 of them. Yeah. There needs to be a finishing move administered that is the great sort of last push before thing is neutralized right we, and there needs we didn't, to be the thing that we, we didn't expect. get that yeah jason did you watch this one here's the thing no like <laughs> it's been eight holidays honestly it was the holidays, holidays. and holidays. in this case i had a road jason, trip jason you long I, if you had watched this town. movie i would have been angry at you on yeah. behalf of all of us and your girlfriend yeah i did no, not want to get totally the cool. limited amount of time that no. we have to spend together didn't want to spend a few hours of it watching don't subject i like her too much for you to subject her to this movie <laughs> um like so, i after watching it almost texted you guys and was like could we change the movie last minute <laughs> because i was like this is such a non- I'm happy. What a bummer! I'm just happy to be talking about Ernie Hudson and Casper Van Dien. At the True. end of the day, I'm grateful for that. I, that is that is small favors, Ernie Hudson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait till he becomes a guest of the pod. Mm. We're not even we're not even gonna be able to talk. Everyone tweeted Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Ernie everybody Hudson. tweet at Ernie Hudson. All all 120 people who follow us so tweeted Ernie Hudson. That gives that gives it a firm two okay. from us. So what Amanda is our next movie? This is. Very exciting, Divas. All right, guys. So, Divas, we are going with another... Um, I mean, you know, this is, it is epic. This is a disaster. I'm really epic. amped about this. Um, so, I found this mostly because I've been Googling... I mean, Jordan, you've seen it before, yeah. but I um, have been searching the phrase disaster movie on Twitter right. and then replying to people because that seems like a way to promote the podcast. No, that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's gotten way darker in the past week with all the Australia oh, fires. Right. Um, suddenly I'm like, oh, disaster movies. Oh no, people are saying yeah. this looks like a disaster movie. Take Not the same care, thing. anybody out there yeah. listening in Australia or with folks in Australia. Um, but yeah, so I have come across, there's a Chinese disaster movie. It's, I think, like, their most successful disaster movie. It's it, one of the most successful movies released in China of all yeah. time. Um, Wandering Earth. Wandering Earth. So that's available on Netflix. So it's a free watch if you have Netflix. Yes. It is newly available on there. Um, it, you know, get over that, the one inch, the hurdle of one inch subtitles. Yeah, the, it's, it's a, it's a, the earth is the, I believe it's the sun is like expiring. And yeah. so instead of though, Great twist of Wandering Earth is not we need to get humanity to another planet. What we're doing in this movie is they have assembled a series of basically like rocket stage one launchers. Rocket stage one like firing mechanisms strategically throughout the Earth. And we are jet propelling the entire goddamn Earth 
through the solar system yep. to get it to a more livable, to get it to a newly livable distance from a star. I'm, and in my head, I'm imagining it's like wild. putting a, a whole house on a trailer and then just putting it on the highway, being That's like, well, my it, stuff is too going, hard to yeah, move. We're going on the space the house highway. On the trailer. We're going on the space highway. Honestly, in my head, mm-hmm. I don't know why that's not the answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, so, the the scope of the engines is amazing. Uh, as I was telling Amanda before the pod, the planet Jupiter becomes involved in this in a fascinating way. Uh, and it just, it goes so big. And, you know, there is such a treasure trove of Southeast Asian film and television on Netflix. Please pursue yeah. these these treasures. And let's begin that for for our purposes here on Disaster Girls with Wandering Earth. Yeah, I know. Uh, which like if in the event that, but unrelated to everything, but in the event that you have access to see Ashfall, which is a South Korean disaster movie that's oh. currently out, um, definitely go see that because it's gotten great reviews. And let us know where you find it. Yeah, if you can find it, I think that there was like one listing in the San Gabriel Valley for it. Oh, okay, okay. And I was considered making all of us go see it there, but <laughs> I was like, no, we're not going to do All that. of you are coming with we're, us. We're going to so. do, honestly, like you, like you don't think that my narcissistic dream is to have a group watch of a movie, <laughs> Jordan, for the podcast, for the Disaster Divas? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, live show, group watch, let's go see Ashfall, we'll do it, yeah. but... Barring that and barring going to see Cats, which also shows up a lot when you Google disaster movies. Go see Cats. I I seriously, like before the Australian thing, all that was showing up for disaster movies when you search Twitter was like this random movie from India, which apparently failed, and then also Cats. I have seen it in theaters twice and I'm looking forward to going again. I, I'm <laughs> One very of the best excited. movies of 2019, Cats. Taylor Swift, you better perform McCavity at your concert. <laughs> in full cat regalia. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Jason, do we have any reviews or anything that you want to read, or are we dried out on reviews? Are we Not tapped that I've out? Seen. We God, might be, guys, we might be dried guys, out for now. come Please, on, rate and review us. Letting us down. You listen <laughs> to other podcasts. I know you know the routine here. You know what we expect out of you. We yeah, give you this grade A. you this grade A jumbo egg content. <laughs> oh wait, oh. we got one more. Is it a one star? Is it another one that compares us to another podcast? This <laughs> is a five star. Yay! We have one more five-star review from God Hates Shrimp. Sure. Uh, The title is Irwin Allen Would Have Approved. Uh, The body says, hilarious and thoughtful takes on films from the oft-neglected disaster genre. I am legit hooked. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You are a kind person. Yes, you are. Thank you. And if you haven't read and reviewed yet, please take a few seconds to do so. It is super helpful to us and we do appreciate it. Also, please... Tweet about us. Share it on Reddit. Tell your friends, family members. Take out a billboard about us. Whatever you want. (laughs) I I mean, we've got our hustle down. We need you to help out as well. Yes. Uh, Goal for 2020 is get get to the point where I can actually say without a hint of irony that we're selling t-shirts that say Ernie Hud stands. Yeah. Yeah, So so thank you for for tuning in once again, everybody, and coming back from the break with us. Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Jor Crew, J O R C R U. I'm Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's. Jason? Uh, you can find me at Jason Halftones on any uh, platform. Okay. We are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. Uh, we have no Instagram because why would we bother? Yeah. And um, thanks, guys. We'll see you back next week for Wandering Earth. Bye.
thatmightbecool.com. You never know. <laughs>